The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. So I've just come back from walking an amazing uh, week of hiking in the Green Mountain Trail, which is in the Overberg region in the Western Cape. And uh, we'll be talking about that uh, in depth, uh, perhaps in a few weeks' time. Great interviews there. But nevertheless, one thing that struck me about that area was just how much food was being farmed endless amounts of fruit being farmed as well. And yet it seems that whilst we have enough food to feed people in South Africa, there's a food deficit at household level. On the line with us is Andy Duplessis of Food Forward, South Africa Managing Director for Food Forward. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Good morning, Michelle, and thank you very much for having me on your show. Andy, just talk to us what Food Forward does. So essentially what we do is we uh, we work with uh, supply chain partners. So we are a non-profit organization, but we work with supply chain partners and we take all these surplus offtakes. So farmers, as you just mentioned earlier, huge amounts of agri-surplus in our supply chain. Yeah. So farmers, wholesalers, retailers and manufacturers, they all have food that's within date, quality edible food, but for a number of reasons, it doesn't end up on the shop shelf. And yeah. it's that food that we intercept from them. They donate it free of charge. And because they give it free of charge, we are able to use that food to feed people. Um, and we provide food on a monthly basis to just over a thousand registered nonprofit organizations that reach half a million people every single day with either one, two or three meals a day. And that costs us just 85 cents to be able to do. Andy, you know, there are obviously reasons that uh, food may go uh be, be considered surplus because surplus food is not expired food. What would those reasons be? Yeah, I think the first thing to say is that we need to create a distinction between food loss and food waste. So food waste is when food is inedible and it's not uh, uh, usable for human consumption and then that, that you've got to do animal feed with or other things with. But there's a stage at which food is, is food loss. In other words, you can't sell it but it's still good for human consumption. So, for example, think of a cereal manufacturer. They're on a production line, and something goes wrong on the production line. Either they noticed that the the goods were incorrectly labeled or the label ended up skew um, or or the goods in the the thing broke. Take, for instance, uh, a a wheat pix or or noodles. They break. So you can't put those on the shelf. You can't sell that down the supply chain. But there's nothing wrong with the food, absolutely nothing wrong with the food. So what we do is we have conversations with our supply chain partners and we say to them, instead of dumping that food in landfill and instead of incinerating that food, donate the food to us. Uh, We would use it to feed people. We get it to those that need it. And you get uh, tax certificates for those donations and you save the environment. So it's a win-win for everybody. So I understand that there are countries, I mean, Norway, Denmark, who uh, see have set very specific targets for the reduction of food waste, but they're also looking at ways that make it easier for companies to donate surplus food. How does that work? Absolutely. So, so everyone is working towards what we call the Sustainable Development Goals or the SDGs. Yes, the SDGs. That by 2030, we want to have food loss and waste. And a lot of countries have signed up. South Africa is one of them that has signed up with the United Nations SDGs. And so what what the the SDGs are are asking us to do, or corporates to do, or anyone in the food supply chain, is to reduce food loss and waste. But countries like France and Paraguay and Italy and Norway, as you mentioned, have taken it a step further and they've said uh, some of outlawed that uh, it's not allowed to do 
to throw away or to dump surplus edible food. Yeah. Rather, you must donate it to non-profit organizations, which is, which is an awesome thing. But what we are encouraging is that we want to incentivize food manufacturers and farmers and, 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 and those kind of players that way, where you are at the moment dumping because you feel there's a risk. If you donate that food to us, that risk is no longer there because that food is passed on to us. And we've got food safety requirements in place to make sure that food reaches the intended beneficiaries. So, so many countries have adopted this legislation where they're creating really an enabling environment and reducing liability for food manufacturers so that we are able, they are able to donate that food. Because keep in mind, South Africa has a net surplus of food. We have enough food in this country to feed everybody. We just need to connect the dots and make sure where the food is made and get it to where it's most needed so that we can address this problem of food insecurity, which is growing and further exacerbated because of COVID. You know, you talk about the fact that we have enough food and yet so many people still go hungry. Why is it that uh, food producers would simply throw the food away? Is it just an ease of action or is it um, something to do with policy or is it just that it's so much more difficult to ensure that the food gets to people who need it? Yeah, there's a, there's a few reasons for that. So firstly, if if you're sitting with a product and you've got 20 million units, keep in mind manufacturers, most manufacturers don't have their own warehouses, so they have to store with third-party logistics companies. So that costs them every day uh, to have to pay for that storage cost. And sometimes the cost of dumping is cheaper than the cost of storing the food. Mm. So that, that's, that's one of the reasons. The second reason why manufacturers are not... Um, so comfortable to donate is because of the the liability issue, the food safety issues. You 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 will remember what happened around listeriosis two yes, years ago, yeah. and so so a lot of manufacturers feel that they they will be exposed to liability and lawsuits and those kind of things. But we've been working with with supply chain partners for eleven years now. Companies like uh, Pick and Pay, Food Lovers Market, Woolworths, ShopRite, Checkers, they give all these surpluses to us. Companies like Nestle, um, RCL, Rhodes Foods. Um, and others all donate to us, and yeah. we've never, ever had a food safety issue. And uh, so we want to encourage manufacturers that are still dumping food. We're talking about uh, roughly 10 to 12 million tons of food yes. a year. Yeah. And if we could recover that food or intercept mm. that food at the right stage, we are able to use that to feed people, which is the most cost-effective way to address food insecurity, get people healthy, get people eating, get people to look for jobs and grow our economy. So, Andy, someone may be belonging to a smaller FMCG or fast-moving consumer goods industry, and they might not be quite the size of pick and pay, etc., but they might be listening to you. How would you then work with them? What would the process be if they go, okay, fine, listen, I have... You know, even if it's 500 loaves of bread that I can give you every few days, whatever the case may be. Yeah, so so 500 loaves of bread we can take. We've got a truck that has the capacity to go and collect that 500 loaves. But there may be a manufacturer that only has 50 loaves a day, and it's not worth our while using our massive trucks 
to collect that food. But we've, we've developed another solution called Food Share, which is a digital platform. Yeah. And what we do there is we connect those that want to donate food with organizations that need food. And it's a seamless platform. You, you sign up onto the platform, and whenever you have food available, you notify on the platform and register organizations within a five-kilometer radius of where you are, but they belong to our network. Brilliant. We connect them with organizations like that. So we've got a lot of stores uh, that are part of this equation um, and where we are able to connect food manufacturers with uh, food, uh, with, with those that need food so that they can feed people. Fantastic. So if someone gets onto your website, they can then find the food share part of the website as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. You go to food share. There's an info at food share. You send us an email or give us a call. And uh, there's, a, there's a toolkit for, for those that want to donate food. And there's a toolkit for those that are receiving food. And um, there are requirements on both ends. There are expectations on both ends. And there are formalities on both ends. And if each one uh, stays within the ambit or within the framework of their requirements, then it's just seamless and, and we are able to divert food away from landfill, use that to feed people and save our environment and hopefully meet our 2030 SDG goal uh, to have a food loss and waste. Andy Duplessis, he is the South African Managing Director of foodforward.sa.org. So you can go to foodforward.sa.org. Also look up Food Share if you are an individual, you, me, the like, and you're thinking, okay, there is so much food that we could give, but it might not fit into one of their massive vans. So that's Food Share or Food Forward. We can make a difference, and those SDGs have to be met by 2030. So let's do it.